Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash my story and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Do you know how blessed you are? Let me just start there real quick. Do you know how blessed you are? I love your pastor. He's a, he's a dear friend of mine. He's my brother from another mother. I was the only child, so he was the only brother I had. Poor fella. Uh, yeah, I would laugh at that too. But uh, so to, to see God's hand on him lead this church the way that he is, and then you've got this. Mmm, come on now. If you talk to me this morning, I preach harder. Some of y'all know that. This is like my second family. So listen, I have come home this morning to hang out with my brothers and sisters. Are you okay with that today? Well, this morning we started a brand new series, and I was a little excited I get to kick this series off because it's all about being undefeated. Because I know a lot of you in this room this morning, in this house, you came in feeling defeated because of the chaos around you. Listen, before I go any further, I want you to stop the language of defeat and speak in victory because I don't know if you know this or not. I've read the book. I've seen the book. I know what God's Word says. I walk in victory. I don't walk in defeat. So if you walked in today and say, you know what, man, life is just crazy, it's chaotic, guess what? Mine is too. I got three kids and I'm married. Right? I've got a job. I got to fight the world. Traffic was horrible this morning. It's like National 18-wheeler day, right? You know what I'm saying? I've got those problems too, but guess what might make me different from you? I choose to walk in victory, not in defeat. So if you don't hear anything this morning... I want you today to choose. You know what? I don't care what your circumstances are. Jesus carried the cross. They're a lot worse than what we got. We can walk out of the house today and speak victory because guess what? Somebody else is watching you. I've heard it said before, praise somebody when they, praise God when things are good. Nobody's going to pay attention. But if you praise him when things are bad, all of a sudden people start paying attention because they know something's different. They know something's going on. So we are not meant to be defeated, are we, church? But will God do what it takes to get our attention to see that? This morning, we're going to look at a guy named Saul, a.k.a. Paul. All right? he, was, he was one who caused a ruckus. He caused an uproar. He caused anything and everything against God that could possibly happen. But at the same time, here's the thing. God still had a plan. God still had a purpose even with him. So it's like, this is one of my favorite uh, passages. I'm not going to lie to you. So as I started reading this, and I, I was talking to Pastor Mark, and he was telling me the people that he wanted in this series, I was like, ooh, I want Paul. Because I relate so well to that. Because guess what? There was a time in my life where I was so against God that I could care less about, about what, what God had for me. I just wanted what the world had to offer me, right? You know what I realized, though? The world will offer me a lot of things, but only God can give me what I need. So why do we settle for what the world offers so much instead of accept what God gives? So this morning, as you look at this and as we dig into what it means to be undefeated and we kick this week off, I want you to understand to be undefeated, you've got to fall in love with the process before you fall in love with the product. Your process is not your setback. Your process is your set up for what God has coming for you, which will be your product. We want the miracle, but we don't want to do what it takes to get it. 
Church, are you hearing me this morning? I know I'm already fired up, but I ain't even got started yet. We, we want what God had. God give it to me. And we sit here and we, we try to reach and we try to grab and we try to go for it. But guess what? God don't want you to grab it. He wants you to put your hands out so he can hand it to you. So you got to fall in love with the process. Saul had a process that he didn't even have a clue about until he realized what God was doing. Look at Acts chapter 9 is where we're going to be this morning. Open up your word. You got your word? Let me see your word. How many of you got your word this morning? Come on now. Be proud. Be proud. How many of you got your smartphones and Facebook and Twitter and don't know? Don't be proud on that, all right? <laughs> Acts chapter 9, verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Now, you understand this, that Saul was a very violent, angry man, all right? He didn't, like, put it in terms right now. If he was living today and he was Saul, he would walk in that back door and we all going to jail. Are you prepared for that? Like, wait a minute, I don't know if I, I could go to jail for going to church. Like, back then you could. This was his sole plan. This was his desire. This is what he wanted to do. So he went to the high priest, and he asked them for letters to the synagogues at Damascus. This, this is how crazy this guy was. So that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, we're going to hit this in just a minute, but I want you to understand how important this is. The Lord said, Saul, Saul. You know what that is right there? He's making it personal. He could have said, hey, you, on the horse, you big dummy, like you, coming after me. Like, No, he made it personal because he called him by his name. Do you realize not only does God call you by your name, he gave you your name. So in the midst of this, he already given Saul his name, but little did Saul know he was going to change it a couple of passages later to Paul. And Paul was going to be one of the biggest benefactors of the walk of Christ that we have today. But this is not what he had. This is not what he thought. And he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul was going to find the people who belonged to the way. He was going to find people like us. But the persecution went towards the people. The persecution was towards God. And God said, I got this. He said, who are you, Lord? Isn't that interesting? He says, who are you? Lord? He knew who was calling him out. How many times have you been in a mess and all of a sudden you hear that voice? You're like, yeah, God, what's up? Like, oh, it's you. Okay. You remember as a kid when you got in trouble, you could be in a crowd, but you could hear mama or daddy's voice out of nowhere, right? You're sitting there, and, and, and they don't just call you by your first name. Right? They give you a first, middle, and a last for a reason. And sometimes I wish we would forget the middle, right? You know? And all of a sudden, like, yeah, what, what's up? Like, oh, that's my daddy. <laughs> Think about this. Saul is going to Damascus to find the people who are in love with Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He stops him in his tracks. Think about how many attacks have come your way, but you don't know about because Jesus has stopped them in their tracks. But yeah, you want to walk around defeated. You don't know how undefeated you truly are. Keep going. He said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you, what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Isn't it interesting how in the word, when God does a big, massive move of God, it's in threes? You know? 
He died on the first day, rose on the third day. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I'm going to make you, you know, blind. For the, I mean, is it by accident that it's in threes? Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. Straight is the what? Way. What's the quickest, what's, what's the quickest way between two points? A straight line. Isn't it funny when you really get in the Word, you start to see these little nuggets out of nowhere. A street named Straight. But yet, when we want to go to Jesus, we want to do this when he says, hey, I'm right here. Come on, somebody. Like, think about it. We don't have to go around the world, up, down, all around. We get to go straight to the Father, into his arms where he has prepared for us to land. But, yeah, we want to try to go around anything and everything we can to get to the Father. Look at all the time we waste. Look at all the time we waste. The Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight at the house of Judas. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But, if you ever heard anything come after a but that's not interesting? Like, I mean, think about it. You, you get home, hey, honey, I need you to do this, but first, like, okay, what, what's coming now? Like, what you need, honey? I mean, there's always something, right? But, <laughs> this is interesting. And Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard him. Heard many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. It's like, Lord, are you sending me into a trap? Like, am I about to go get arrested? You say he's praying, but is he just sleeping? Like, come on, somebody. Wake up. Man, I ain't asleep. I'm praying. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, think about it. You, you sit here and he said, am I about to walk into something that I don't know? The Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Listen, church, I need you to hear this loudly and clearly. You walk undefeated because you've been chosen. You have been asked. You've been chosen. Hey, do you want to go do this for me? No. God says, I chose you. Go do it. It's, it's, not, a, it's, we, it's not up for debate. I mean, I think about this. I, I, I like watching presidential debates sometimes. I want to see how stupid they really are in a... Please block that out. I'm just kidding. And, and, and I find it interesting because I'll sit here and I'll watch forever. And then my wife will say, well, did you learn anything? I'm like, hold on, let me think about it real quick. Like, no, I didn't. I'm still confused as I was before and stuff like that. We, we try to debate with God all the time, and we're confused, but he's not. He's not. He's not confused by what he is telling us to do. He's not confused by how he's challenging us. He's not confused by saying, hey, I chose you for a reason and a purpose. See, your process is your setup. Your product is your purpose. You need to hold on to that. There he has authority from the chief priest, instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and king of children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you come, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. What would happen if we truly channeled and let the Holy Spirit fill us the way that he wants to fill us? I mean, we have glimpses sometimes, but... Don't it feel good in the moment where, ooh, that was the Holy Spirit. Don't it feel good? Don't you think we can have that all the time? But we just settle for part of the time? Come on, look, look at this. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he 
was strengthened. Do you understand what the strength was here? It wasn't just a physical strength. It was a spiritual strength because he had something inside of him that he didn't know was there. The Holy Spirit had been knocking on that door for so long, but instead of Saul accepting what God had for him, he was going out and finding people who were doing what he was about to do. I mean, think about the transformation here. Think about all the, all the threats that he had made are about to be made in him now. Uh, everybody who chased after followers of Jesus, they were about to start chasing him. Have you ever thought about this? Did he walk around feeling defeated before he got started? No, he walked with his head up, ready to go. He knew what was coming, so therefore he worked harder. Church, we know what's coming, but yet we don't work for nothing. There are so many people who are lost, who are walking around feeling defeated, and their defeat is part of their own problem. But yet, we have the word, we have the will, we have the way, but we keep it to ourselves. Why is that? I mean, think about this. Saul <laughs> wasn't seeking Jesus when Jesus sought him. You thought about that? What was he doing? He was going to find people, but yet Jesus was in the process of setting him up for something bigger. He was in the process of saying, you know what? I got greater plans for you than you could ever imagine. You want to come after me? How about we go in this together? There's a process. So as we get started, I want you to think about this. I don't want you to let what has happened to you become bigger than what God did for you. Don't let what happened to you become bigger than what God has done for you already. A lot of times we try to put our problems in the way. We try to make our problems bigger than what, hey, listen, don't, I know you guys have heard this before, but I'm going to say it anyway. Listen, don't talk, tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big God is. When you start doing that, something might change. Can you look in the mirror and love the person that you are? Can you look in the mirror and realize how undefeated you truly are? Listen, church, I've read the Bible. I've seen the end. We've got victory, but, but Christians walk around like this. With our tail tucked between our legs, like we ain't got nothing to live for. Can I be real with you this morning? I don't know about you, but I remember when I was playing ball in, in, in high school and college, I hated losing. Couldn't stand it. Could not stand it. Now that I'm helping my kids, I'm coaching my kids' teams in the recs and stuff, and Lord, you want to know something about somebody? Go, go, go to the rec sports, you know what I'm saying? Like, I walk in, hey, pastor. Well, I can't fuss at the referee tonight, like, for real? The other night, I, I, this is a true story. The other night, I'm, I'm talking, and then he missed the play. I'm like, come on, ref, you got to get that. He said, hey, pastor, I'll see you on Sunday. I'm like, Shh, yeah, like, for real? I never liked losing. Never liked losing. And, and the, I, I remember this year, my, my son lost his first flag football game. He walked in, he said, dang, I don't like losing. I said, I don't either. Get in the truck. Because I, I had to compose myself, right? Like, I, I don't like losing. So we get in there, he said, he said daddy, are you? Are you are you mad that, that we lost? I said, is this a trick question? You're 10 and you're smarter than me. Okay, let's see. How am I supposed to answer this? I said, no, buddy. I said, I'm not, I'm not mad that we lost. I said, but if we go into the next game and we play like we can't, I started doing this, like, motivational speech, you know what I'm saying? So we get home, and I said, what you doing? I said, buddy, go take a shower. He goes, can we go outside and throw the football for a little bit? I said, why? He goes, because I want to get better. Okay. The next day, Dad, can we go outside? The next, the next game, we won by 40. I was like, hey, come on, somebody. 
Like, we finished 9-3 and three this year. I was like, that's pretty good for 10 and under flag football. Like, you know what I'm saying? I walked out like, oh, I feel good, you know? We lost in the playoffs. He said, Daddy, man, that was a great year. I said, it was. See, I didn't like losing, and every time that would happen, I went to working harder at it. I always wanted to work harder. I always wanted to get better. You have a bad day, and you feel like you've lost, and you don't even pick your Bible up for days. What happened to work harder? What happened to put forth every effort that we can? What happened to do what it takes to get to the next level? You realize once you get saved, you don't stop right there, right? There's more to this life than just praying a prayer. There's more of this, I mean, how about serving? Now, I'm not talking about just in your church. I'm talking about outside these walls. But just out of curiosity, how many of you do serve here at Four Points? Some of y'all missing out on some blessings. Like, (laughs) I didn't mean to set you up like that, but I'm trying to get you your product. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, It amazes me how we can leave church all filled up, but before we go to bed at night, we're already poured out. Why is that? We, we make that choice. So this morning, can I give you three ways to be undefeated? Can I give you three ways to be undefeated that we find out these verses? The first one is this. you got to stand up. you got to stand up. You, old coach saying, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get right back up, right? We've all heard that. If you played sports, if you've been in school, you know those type of, type of words. I could not stand it. I'm like, well, how about you get knocked down for a minute, right? I always want to look at my coach, but I knew better. Because there's these things called stairs that I didn't want to run and all these kind of different things. Jesus, we can't look at him and say, well, why don't you get knocked down? You ever thought about the cross that he carried? Think about Paul. He got knocked off a horse and couldn't see for three days. What if we could just put ourselves in Scripture? What if you were on that horse and you get knocked out by this bright light, but yet at the moment you know who it is? Do you know who I am? Here I am, Lord. Like, what? Seriously? There's a connection there. Not only did God make it personal to Saul, but Saul made it personal back to him. And it's almost in a moment, an immediate transformation, but there was still a process to it. We don't want to accept Christ on this day and go change the world the next day. But for some reason, the next day after we get saved is the worst day. Because there's this guy named Satan, and he likes to attack and he likes to come at us, but, and, he, and, and, and it's like a thief in the night. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he can't come steal, kill, and destroy what's not his. I don't belong to him. He can't get me. And if you belong to him, guess what? He can't get you either. But yet, we, we want to fall down and stay there for a little while. Look at what verse 4 says. And falling to the ground, he, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. I mean, remember what we talked about? God repeats his name twice. He's making this personal for a reason because this shows a very deep display of emotion. When I want, when I have like serious talks with my kids, I don't sit here and I I don't yell at them. I'm like, Drew, no, listen, Drew, Drew, listen, buddy. In that moment, he knows daddy just went in serious mode. Daddy is showing me that he cares about me, and he loves, Daddy's not fussing at me. Daddy's trying to help me. Do you understand? God is not coming and pointing fingers at him like we think we do. He had all the reasons in the world to point fingers at Saul, but he looks at him with a deep emotion of love, and he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I don't know about you, but I would not have a clue how to answer that. I'd probably be like, uh, number one, where are you? 
Number two, I can't see anything. Number three, I am scared out of my mind right here. I mean, do you not, do you not understand that <laughs> he is probably scared and confused out of anything? You ever been in the store before and you hear your name called over the intercom? It's like, what was that? <laughs> my friends would do that to me on purpose just to see what I would do. Until one day, <laughs> I showed up with the popo. I said, they're the ones that are playing with the intercom, sir. Can you get them? I walked away smiling. I said, you want to make it personal? I just did. You know what I'm saying? When, when God calls our name, we don't have to walk alone. I've got people in my life that walk with me. Your pastor being one, my wife, and my pastor back home. I know that they've got my back. I know. Listen, here's what's crazy about this. They know when God's getting a hold of me, and I know when God's getting a hold of them. Like, I can make a phone call to Pastor Mark and be like, bro, I got to tell you. He said, yeah, tell me what God's doing because I knew you were calling me. I'm like, what? Then he'll call me, same thing. Because guess what? When God calls, you answer. Isn't it funny how Saul has people with him, but they can't see what's happening right now because they don't know what to look for. Saul knew what to look for here in his defeat because he knew I'm not going to stay defeated, but I'm scared out of my mind what's coming next. He didn't know. He just thought he was going to get dealt with. Little did he know, no, I'm going to love you to the cross, and we're going to flip the script, and we're going to do something with your life. God can flip the script on your life if you let him. A lot of us, we want to write our story. How about you just put the pen down and let the author write it? He already knows the words to put on the page. We search for him. I mean, think about it. you got to stand up. Following Jesus may be really, really hazardous at times, okay? I want you to understand it may be really hazardous because what you want to do, he may just change everything. He may, do you not see how hazardous this was to Saul? He was going on a mission to find followers of Jesus, but little did he know he was about to become one himself. And it was nothing that he thought. Have you ever had the conversation with God? God, this is not my plan. Have you ever had that? Do you even know what a plan is until you experience his plan? I mean, you, you got to think, well, if I do this, I'm going to lose some friends. Well, if you lose them, you never had them. <laughs> I may lose a job. Okay. It's just money. You can't take money to heaven with you. <laughs> True story, right? Like, you wish you could. Like, yeah, I'm storing treasures upstairs, not down here. It's a good thing I chose to be a preacher, right? <laughs> we, we, wanna, we want what the world offers, and we push aside what God wants to give us. Saul was thought he was doing everything that the world wanted him to do, but yet he was not accepting what God had to give him until he realized, uh-oh. See, a lot of us stay defeated because we haven't fully followed Jesus with everything. Look at Saul. Little did Saul know he was walking in defeat before he ever experienced Jesus. When you experience Jesus, the defeat leaves. The defeat leaves. Second thing is you got to step up. You got to stand up and you got to step up. This is interesting here. Look at what verse 8 says. Saul rose from the ground, and although he, his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now skip down to what verse 22 says. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confound the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. 
See, what we have to see here, the message of Saul was Jesus. He knew that they needed to know Jesus to know the truth because he fought so much against the truth. So he knew what they needed to hear. But think about the people who saw him coming. They felt defeat right there, and little did they know he was bringing them the good news. Isn't it funny how you get your life right with Christ, and you go to people, and they like, what? What's, what's he doing here? Like, and then you start talking to him about Jesus, like, never saw this coming. I've got a former student of mine who is, like, older now and making me feel older and yay for growing up and stuff. And they've started coming to church the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm not supposed to say that to people, but I did. Because uh, I knew what she was in. I knew the lifestyle that she had chosen. She brings her little baby girl up to me. She says, hey, I want you to meet my daughter. And I'm like, okay, this is really crazy. Once again, what are you doing here? She starts telling me her story, how God turned her life upside down, how she had, and I quote, a Saul moment. She's like, Pastor, I was in my bedroom, and all of a sudden, there was nothing going on in my room. And it's like everything was dark, but it went from being dark to being light. And all of a sudden, I knew what God was telling me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is wrong with you? She says, I'm in love with the right man this time. His name is Jesus. She decided to step up. Now she's serving. She's volunteering. She hadn't missed a week. I'm like, is this the same one that gave me headaches and gray hairs? You know what that showed me there? God didn't give up on Saul, so should we give up on others? You don't know who you need to pour into and not give up on. The people that we come in contact with on a day in and out basis are feeling defeated because people keep giving up on them and the church is the biggest guilty one of them all. If the church would stop pointing fingers, if the church would be welcome and warming like they should be, come on somebody, the church is a hospital for the broken, not a museum for the good people. You can have the good people. I want the broken people. I mean, think... Ananias was like, you bring in Saul? What? He, he come to look for us. Like, God, do you really want to think about this? What, what, if, what if Ananias met Saul at church? Like, Lord Jesus, you done got everybody arrested. They're like, when I get there, they're going to be gone. Did the rapture happen? Like, you know what I'm saying? He walks in there and he says, hey, look, Jesus sent me. If you're telling yourself you don't deserve a second chance from God, remind yourself you didn't deserve the first one either. That's how I know I'm undefeated because I don't deserve none of it. But I promise you this, I will accept it with everything that I am. Because when I try to write my story and I try to make my plans, for some reason they just don't wind up the way that I thought they would. But when I give them into the hands that they can hold it, his name is Jesus Christ, and I let him do what he wants to do just like Saul did. Because guess what Saul did here? Saul did not stand there and ask questions. He didn't stand there and have a debate. He didn't stand there and try to get all the details. He got up and he went. A lot of you in this room, God is saying, I'm tired of you being defeated. I want you to be undefeated. I need you to step up and do what I've called you to do. And you want all the details before you go. Listen, you don't get the details in the process. You have to enjoy the process, fall in love with the process, so you can get the product, which is your purpose. And I don't care how old you are. I've met people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who did not know their purpose. But when they did see their purpose, oh, Lord, have mercy. I'll never forget. It was about eight years ago. I was doing baptism, and I had a lady come up to me. She goes, Pastor, I need to get saved this morning. I said, that's awesome. 
how old are you? Never ask a lady her age, okay? That's like the golden rule. You know that. She goes, Pastor, I'm 72 years old. You're what? She goes, I'm 72, and I've been going to church for, for like 50 years, and I don't even know why I come. But I know today I need it. And when I baptized, dude, I was scared to death to baptize her. She's so fragile. You know what I'm saying? Like, I sat there, and she goes, Pastor, just dump me. I'm like, <laughs> you asked for it. Later down in there, I came back up, and I kid you not, she came out shouting. She goes, I found my purpose. I'm like, come on, somebody. Let's just jump and run around like crazy. I looked at her. She hopped up. She goes, I got this. She came out of there. She goes, and you need to find yours. I'm like, preach, sister. Just go. But if she did not love the process to get to where she was going, she would have never found it. A lot of you guys walk around, we walk around with our heads down. How do you know where Jesus is when your head's down? Don't look down and give Satan any credit. He is under your feet for a reason. You walk up, you look up, and you step up because God has something for you. But you can't see it when you do this. So glad I hadn't ran into anything yet. Like, that would be embarrassing, right? But some of y'all keep running into sin like crazy because you had not got out of it yet. How can you see Jesus? Listen, when I take my kids to the mall, I'm not walking like this. I'm walking like this. I'm like, yeah, you mess with my kid. I'm going to hurt you. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm on high alert, right? They're holding my hands. We're watching where we're going. I'm not going to go on vacation and keep my head down if I've never been there before. I'm going to keep my head up. I want to see where I'm going. How many of you have your head down and you can't see where you're going? Saul stepped up in that moment. And he did what he was called to do. And because of that, he understood that he could stand out. He understood that he could stand out. Now, this makes no sense to me. This story just blows my mind here. Because he had a mission from the world, but his mission changed while he was on mission. Look at what verse 17 says. You get all that? Okay, good. I had to think about it for a second. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at this real quick. This is crazy. There's, there's a couple of things I want you to understand here in verse 17. Ananias came in. He laid his hands on him, and he called him brother. Do you see the picture? Because just a few minutes ago, he's talking to God. God, are you kidding me? Like, do you know who this guy really is? Is this really what you want me to do? He walks in. He lays his hands on. He says, God has sent me, and he called him brother. Guess what just happened? He made it personal. He made it personal. He put aside all of his thoughts about that person, and he did what God called him to do. Listen, there will be a lot more people in this room if you put your personal feelings to the side about who they are and bring them to Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> you know, those, those people who, who, who push your buttons, do y'all have any of those people? And I'm not talking about your spouse right now, okay? They're the best at it, right? Then you have kids. Oh, boy. Roller coaster ride. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Then you go to work. And, like, they don't push your button. They're, like, beating your button. Like, you beat my button, I'm going to beat you. No, I'm just kidding. Stop, Jesus, okay? Like, think about it. If we get this, what if Ananias would have done this to Saul? No, nah, God, I'm not doing that. Would Saul had ever 
experience what he experienced? Probably not. Until somebody else came along, but then there's some more time in there. Listen, if God puts somebody in your way, don't let somebody else do what God called you to do. Accept the gift and the calling that God has given you. But you'll never accept it as long as you walk around defeated. You'll never see it as long as you walk around defeated. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And look at what verse 18 says. And immediately, did, did that take any time? Immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and he took food and he was strengthened. Listen, I want you to understand especially in verse 19, God broke Saul. He broke him. He, he made him feel defeated. I remember when God got a hold of my, my, my life and got my attention, he made me feel defeated. Like he broke a brother. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it did not feel good at all. I'm like, God, where's this love and grace and mercy that you're talking about? He says, hold on. It's a process. See, people will put you down and break you, and they leave you there. God says, no, 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 no. Do you understand how much you need me now? Because guess what? I've chosen you. Grab my hand. Let's get up together, and let's walk. See, God didn't leave him there. God did not want to. His love would not let him stay there. God's love will not let you stay defeated. You were not meant to be defeated, church. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I don't care if you don't know Jesus. You can have that opportunity because when you become undefeated, the mountains will move. God's moved them before. Don't you think he could do it again? I mean, think about it, church. God will never leave you regardless of how many times you run away because we run away a lot. But you can't stay defeated to his love for you because it has no bounds. Human people, we do a great job of putting bounds on love. I'll love you if. I'll love you when. I'll love you this. I'll love you that. I'll love my steak if it's cooked the right way. But if it's not, I'm going to throw it in the trash, right? It's kind of how we treat people sometimes. I'm going to love you with these circumstances. If you don't meet them, I'm not going to love you no more. What if God said, I'm not going to love them because of See, we, we, we follow this, this, this Jesus who loves us so much. And a lot of times it feels like a roller coaster, don't it? You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. You got your mountaintop experiences, you're down the valley. It's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Kind of gets old after a while, don't it? You know, I've come to discover something. This is probably going to sound really, really crazy. You're going to think I've lost my mind. But I love the mountaintop experiences. I really, really do. I love it because I'm up there and I'm closer to the Father. Like, there's just something special about those mountaintop experiences. But, man, those valleys are just as good. You know why? Because when I'm in the valley, I'm trying to get back to the mountaintop. And I got my head up, and I'm looking at who I'm going to. And I know that there's a process to get there, but when I get there, it's going to be worth it. You know why? Because I've already been there. But am I going to slip and fall? Yeah. And you know, sometimes the valleys are good for this reason too. Even though I know how great the mountaintop is, and I want to get there again and experience that again, I want to go by myself. So I'm going to go back down to the valley. I'm going to find the ones who are hurt 
who are broken. I'm going to say, hey, you know what? There's this man named Jesus who's got something for you on top of the mountain. Come on, let me go with you. Because it's a lot easier to climb when you've got somebody with you. See, Jesus is better experienced than he is explained. I could sit here and I could explain Jesus to you all day long. Tell you what he's done in my life. Tell you how much I love him. I could, mm, come on. But until you experience him, you won't understand my explanation. Saul knew this. See, Saul had heard the explanations for so long. But on that road to Damascus, he got the experience of a lifetime. Some of you guys in this morning, you need to have the experience of a lifetime. I didn't know I was going to do this. This is not planned, but would you bow your head, close your eyes real quick? Definitely not planned, but we're going to do it anyways. How many of you in this room this morning say, Pastor, you know what? I've had that experience. I've experienced Jesus, and I've given my life to him, and I know with no doubt whatsoever in my life that if God called me home today on the way home, that I would, I would spend eternity in heaven with him. If that's you, just raise your hand. Hands bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, just raise your hand. Hands down, hands down. All right, now look at me, church. You're probably going to be surprised by this, but when the church becomes a hospital for the broken, not everybody has that experience. So not every hand went up. And I can't leave here today without offering you the greatest gift of all, and his name is Jesus. I, I can't leave you. Josh, I can't leave him in the valley, bro. I can't. I can't, I can't leave you in the valley because you're just waiting for that hand to be extended so you can climb with somebody to experience what God has for you. And I promise you this, you won't regret it. So, man, if you're in this room and you didn't raise your hand, I want to give you that opportunity right now because it's very simple. Just let God have your attention for a change. Stop looking to other things that the world offers you and accept what God's trying to give you right now. And his name is Jesus. It's very simple because guess what? We've all been there. There was a time where I couldn't raise my hand either, but I'm glad I can now because I had to admit that I'd sinned and totally, dude, I screwed God's plan up for me majorly. I did a great job of messing it up. There are people in this room who know my story. I did a fantastic job of messing that up. I ran as far as I could run until God tripped me and said, <laughs> come here, son. And in that moment, I believe that he said who he is who he said he was. He's Jesus. And see, here's the kicker, y'all. God sent his son to the cross, and he still would have done it if it was only just for you. He did it for a whole world and like the past, present, future. But if you were the only one walking, he would have still sent his son for you. Does that not blow your mind? And then he rose. And the dead. And in that moment, when I confessed, just like Saul did, when he confessed his need for God, well, guess what? He wasn't defeated anymore. He was undefeated. See, God's one loss record's pretty good. It's pretty good. So how about we let him win now? Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you need to give your life to Christ this morning, just repeat this prayer in your heart right now. Father God, I'll come to you now. I need you. I admit that I've messed up and I've sinned, but I don't want to stay that way. Because God, in this moment, I believe that you died for me. And if I was the only one, you still would have done it.
And God, in this moment, I confess right now that I need you to come into my life, take control, call me son, and call me daughter, and I will call you father. With every head bowed, every eye closed, in just a second, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And when you raise your hand, there's going to be somebody that's going to bring you a clipboard. We just want to get some information and help you take your next steps. Listen, you don't, you walk in defeat by yourself. You walk undefeated with people around you. You can't do life alone. You shouldn't have to. And there's people here who want to help you. So if you prayed that prayer this morning, would you be so bold? On the count of three, just to raise your hand, say, you know what, Pastor, I'll pray that prayer. I'm going to pray for you specifically, but somebody's going to bring you a clipboard. On the count of three, one, two, three. Anybody pray that prayer? Anybody pray that prayer? I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Come on, somebody. Anybody else? Hey, real quick. Hey, look at me real fast. I don't always do this, but God's telling me, Jamie, there's one more. There's one who's fighting. There's one who's not giving up the fight against me. Hey, listen, let today be your Saul day where you stop the fight against him and you begin the fight for him. So heads bowed, eyes closed. One more time, one more time. You're that one. You say, Pastor, that's me. I'm fighting. Just, just, raise, just slip your hand up real quick. Amen. Father, thank you so much for what you've done in the house today. And God, the one, I pray that you keep working on that heart. Keep working on that heart, God. And I pray for him specifically right now, Father, that you will anoint him from head to toe, God. And listen, They ain't got to raise their hand. Listen, if that's you, you don't have to raise your hand right now. Come find somebody at the end of the service and, and just let God take control. God, you are good. And when you said let there be light, you weren't just talking about light so we could see. You were talking about us. May we be that light to this dark world because, God, we're not meant to be defeated because we walk in grace, mercy, and truth. And because of that, Your one lost record becomes our one lost record. So, Father, we are undefeated in all God's people said.